0: Namaskar and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host
1: Anant, And I'm your other co-host Rukshuk. Welcome to episode number 24 of NFL Masala where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of spice. So today,
0: for the first time in the history of NFL Masala, we are recording this podcast in person in the same
1: room. Yes and and of course the reason being is we celebrate Deepavali or which is the first day of the of the festival of Diwali the celebration of life lights where good triumphs over evil and I will get to my analogy pretty soon but anyway to wi- and I want and from us NFL Masala co-hosts to you the wonderful listeners we would like to wish you a happy and safe Diwali, and the first day of Deepavali.
0: Exactly. I concur with what my co-host has said. Happy Deepavali to everybody, uh, to all you guys out there. And as he mentioned, Deepavali is a festival celebrating the triumph of triumph of good versus evil. And for that, we have a special announcement. If you guys are following the T20 World Cup happening in Australia right now, Good has triumphed over evil because India beat Pakistan in a thriller of a match. So, congratulations to the Indian cricket men's team, uh, Indian men's cricket team, and Virat Kohli, especially Go King
1: Kohli. And, and you can thank the high-end talent of India winning this game. And, the, and, and to quote Urinating Tree, Here I come to save the day!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Another singing rendition only happening on NFL Masala. Alrighty, so let's get started with the NFL. Um, we are going to do today a recap of week six, and then a preview of week seven. So let's get started. Before that, let's get started with some Dhammakadar news. The first bit is really going to be a minor thing. Uh, Carson Wentz from the commies has been uh, placed on IR following a a finger surgery. So the chief comrade is now going to be Taylor Heineke. So let's see Taylor Heineke in Lambeau Field again. Um, and I'll get to this later on, but this is just that uh, uh, injury. Now, the the huge Damakedar news
1: is going to be said by Rakshak. And w- and speaking of huge news, there were a couple of trades this that week uh, and during week seven. First, first being um, Robbie Anderson, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers, being traded to. Um, Two, the Arizona Cardinals Um, in light of one of their star receivers, Hollywood Brown, having a broken foot. And he will most likely be out. But by the time they have DeAndre Hopkins on the field, they also get another weapon for Kyler Murray to use. But that still doesn't – but still, Kyler Murray, do your homework. Maybe you'll get some incentives and more cod playing. But the biggest news of all is that the Carolina Panthers – out of their own minds, I will never understand this. They have traded Pro Bowl running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers in exchange for draft picks, the being the following, a second, a third, and a fourth rounder in for the 2023 draft, and a fifth rounder in 2024. This means that the Panthers are in complete rebuild mode, especially with the departures of Matt Rule as their head coach, and trading Robbie Anderson, wide receiver, to the Cardinals. Am I surprised with Matt Rule being fired? Absolutely not, because I said at the very beginning he is going to be a liability. Because if Baker Mayfield gets hurt, then I would bl- And I see offensive ineptitude from this team. You can only look at the head coach, and I'm still wondering why is Ben McAdoo still there? Tell me why. No, I'm not quoting an. In- I'm not quoting a Backstreet Boys song. Like honestly, what in the hell is going on with that? And with that, the Niners are getting a boost in the offense. Maybe a deep play in the run. The only concern is the injury history.
0: Yeah, with this trade, um, this thing is certain. The NFC championship is going to be Eagles versus Niners. I am no, no. I am I am beating the dole here no, right now. No. Beat the dole moment. Eagles versus Niners is going to be the NFC Championship. I don't see any competition in the NFC that, that is going to topple either the Eagles or the 49ers. Packers are playing terrible. Bucks just lost to the Steelers, which I'll get to later on. The Cowboys are good, but they lost to the Eagles. And what else can I say? I mean, there's there's nobody else in the, in the NFC that's capable. Uh, Vikings are frauds uh that's that's for sure um so yeah that's 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 my beat the do moment and i don't think that's completely unrealistic it's it's very realistic that we have that so yeah that's it for the dhamakadar news segment lakshakir <laughs> is br- uh, shaking his head do you want to comment
1: why i it, if this is a reverse jinx I am keeping my expectations very, very low. Eagles are playing really good football, but I'm not going to say Super Bowl yet. I want to see because, like, as Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurst have said in in every post game, this is each game. If we win, we're just one and zero. Let's keep that mentality going. I am, I am not gonna beat the drum saying like NFC champion. Maybe NFC. Like, if you can win a playoff game and win the division, I'll be happy with that. But. Let's just let's walk before we before I mean, let's crawl before we walk, let's walk before we go full sprint into a brick wall. That's all that I ask for.
0: That's fair, that's fair. But you know, I'm buying into the hype, so <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, alrighty. So now for the recap of week six, we begin with Packers versus Jets. Everybody would have predicted. That, you know, the Packers would win handily because, obviously, it's the Jets. Um, that didn't happen. You know, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I'm just going to try and keep it succinct because it's they're, they're not worth my time anymore. The Packers are not worth my time, energy, and stress. Um, they're just a bunch of losers, and they're not going to do anything this year. And specifically in terms of this game, everything went wrong. Okay, even in Green Bay, everything went wrong. The offense was inept from the start. The defense just gave up in the second half. They're not even like trying at that point. And the special teams just forgot that they had to attend a game. You know, they, they were just there like, oh my God, there's a game at Lambeau today. Oh no, what are we ever going to do? That was just the mentality. I did not expect that from Rich Basacci's unit. Um, It was just terrible. So, in terms of the defense, they allowed a total of 179 yards rushing on 33 carries with an average of 5.4 yards and allowing two touchdowns. This is unacceptable. It is absolutely unacceptable that we allow this type of a performance. If we look at the breakdown of um, of each of the running backs, right? There we go. There, there we go. For each of the running backs, <clears throat> Brees Hall, twenty carries, hundred and sixteen yards, five point eight average. Michael Carter. Six carries, 41 yards, 6.8 average. And then, obviously, there was that Braxton Berrios um, rushing touchdown where he just outran everybody, and they just – it was a solid end-around play, and it was blocked well by the uh, Jets' offensive line. They were more physical than the Packers in Lambeau Field. What does that tell about the – what what does that inform you, Rakshak, about the Packers?
1: I'm actually, like, really worried about that. And I I thought, like, the Packers would be one of those teams that comes up as, like, a really good team against the run. And to lose at home in in such a way, in Lambeau Field, of all places, you're talking about the holy ground being desecrated by this rushing attack. And you know what? You have to give props to the Jets because... I remember Robert Sala in his press conference, in his post game press conference. If you watched it, he said, like usually when we see, like a he said something in the lines of like, you got to keep them punching in the mouth, and when you take them into deep waters, you can really see the true nature of a team. I don't know if it was like the exact lines of that, but it's like ever since he made that post game press conference about about getting receipts and all of that. Man, Jets are looking pretty real, but, and they, I think they may be one of those teams that give, that can um, come knocking at the door for the, um, for a playoff spot, but other than that, it was an excellent game plan because you know that Zach Wilson is, um, is still undeveloped as a passer, like fully, but so what do you do? You get back to running the ball. And if it helps your offense and your defense, it works.
0: Couldn't have said it better. And, you know, Robert Sala was right. This is is an indication on Matt LaFleur. As much as I love Coach LaFleur, this is the mentality that's existed since he came here. We are not physical. We are a finesse team, and we get punched in the mouth. We don't come back. We don't come back strong. We just take it lying down, and we give up. And that's not a mentality of a winning football team. I don't know how we won 13 games um, in three consecutive seasons. Magic? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The only bright side to this defense uh, defensive performance was that Ja Money was rolling. He had three pass deflections and was locking receivers down. He's really the number one CB in the league. And there's no argument for that. So... Uh, no argument against that. Um, so yeah, that was the only bright side. And enough of about the defense right now. Let's let's get to the offense. Can we please get rid of Royce Newman? He has been a turnstile, and the entire line allowed four sacks against the Jets. Quinn and Williams was murdering Aaron Rodgers. I was wondering when there was going to be an arrest warrant on Quinnen Williams for the amount of crimes he committed against the Packers' offense. Like, come on. Even on special teams, that blocked field goal was Quinnen Williams' mitts. Come on. Like, this is unacceptable. Four sacks for 36 yards. They had, um, if we look at the yeah, so they had five TFLs, nine QB hits, Ooh. and a fumble return for a touchdown.
1: So... I don't know what to tell you, dude. I honestly don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't either. It's
0: just inexplicable. Um, our offensive line has got to be Bakhtiari left tackle, John Running Jr. left guard, Josh Meyer center, Elton Jenkins at right guard. Please, he's not good in um, in the right tackle format. It's it's his injury. He He's not there yet. And until he can come back in full form, he needs to be in the guard position. He needs to stick to his strengths and not overstress himself. And this goes on to coaching again. It has to be the coaching that has to figure out this offensive line situation. And so Jenkins in right guard and Josh Nyman at right tackle. I don't know why he has not given this shot, especially since last year. For like eight games, half the season, he played at left and right tackle, and he was fantastic for us as a backup. So he has to play right tackle, get rid of Royce Newman, okay? And last but not least, I don't know what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers this year. I have no idea what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers. He has been missing the deep ball, and this game he missed deep again. He has attempted 15 plus or uh, throws of 15 plus or more air yards 18.66% of the time, which is pretty high amongst other uh, QBs. But he's only completed a third of them. A third. You know who has a higher completion percentage of air yards? Joe Flacco Joe Flacco
1: Man, I don't know what to tell you, dude, but he got Aaron Rodgers having the same deep ball completion to Joe Flacco.
0: Less? He has eight percent less. Oh my god.
1: Oh man, I don't know what to tell you. I do not know what to say. but on to my Eagles. whenever and you know this week this game was very, very important to me because this was because this is not just any other game. This was Dallas versus Philadelphia, or as we Eagles fans, Eagles Nation all around the world talks about. this was Dallas Week. You, and guess what? And, and, and you know and you know how those vibes set off at the very entrance. You had Meek Mill leading the team with dreams and nightmares, especially with the opening line. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought we was finished? When they rolled the Aston Martin. y'all thought it was rented? When I thought those lines and how the Eagles ran into the field when, in that Super Bowl 52 entrance. When I saw this team, I was like, damn. I am not afraid of Cooper Rush. I am not afraid of those Dallas Cowboys. My Philadelphia Eagles won that game 26-17. And I want to say this to you guys. How about them Cowboys? No, screw that. How about those Philadelphia Eagles going 6-0 into this team? Into this, into week seven. Damn, I feel so happy about this team how we went about this we started strong um i mean of course like like the game was like this we started strong we started trying to poke all those holes in the first half in the first half like mainly the first quarter but but then when we started building those long consecutive drives through the run game we started scoring some points and of course we only woke up in the fourth quarter to finish this, the game. And I have one thing to say to this Eagles offense. Please stop doing that and making me and Eagles fans like lose a lot of our lives through continuous sets of heart attacks. Play a complete game. I don't even know if my health insurance covers it. <laughs> this, well, if you were an Eagles fan and you saw this type of game, well, your health insurance covered this.
0: No, I was so worried about the Eagles, man. Like, why weren't they just <laughs> smashing the Cowboys? Especially because they were up like seventeen, <laughs> nothing. So it's it's it was frustrating to watch.
1: Oh yeah, tell me about it. And I think there was one point in which the Eagles were leading twenty to nothing, twenty to nothing, and then seventy points. I'll get to that later. If you see my voice going up and down, up and down, this, this was like how I was feeling the entire time. <laughs> like, but other than that, I want to give it, uh, but like when we start, but remember, when the Eagles stick to that run game, it does absolute wonders. I mean, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Miles Sanders um, with, with a strong run game for a, um, for and if we go and take a look at his stats, we see Miles Sanders rush eighteen rushes, seventy-one yards, three-point-nine average, one touchdown. Hey, that's not too bad. And I saw and I saw some emergence of, Ken, of Kenny Gainwell, five for twenty-five, five rushes, twenty-five yards. Boston Scott one six for sixteen. Yeah, welcome back, welcome back. Um, and of course, one hundred thirty-six rushing yards, not too bad. I'll take that. But um, and and of course, I have to give a special shout out to Swole to Swol Batman, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith, and 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 I realized, like looking at the looking when I saw the Eagles putting twenty points in the first in the second quarter alone, there was a stat that I saw um, that Brandon Lee Gowden mentioned. The Eagles have scored one hundred and twelve points in the second quarter alone. That is like. More than what I see with, like, other teams combined, like the Packers, the Rams, and the Cowboys combined. I believe that's what the stat says, but... And, and if you look at the breakdown of other games, you have 14 points scored in the first quarter, 17 in the third, and 18 in the fourth. And we usually see that frequency dip, because sometimes, like, what the Eagles will do, they'll go back... It's like, okay, we'll, we'll score as many points as we have, we'll build a lead, and then we'll step on their throats... And um, we'll stop on their throats with a long fourth quarter drive. And that fourth quarter drive, when we saw it to steal the game, 13 plays, 75 yards, nearly seven minutes and 37 seconds of time taken. There were two big plays that I saw. There was a um, if you saw the fourth quarter, Jalen Hurts had a third and four on a third and four. Jalen Hurts, um, he 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 steps back to pass. He goes. on. He audibles like into a into a quarterback drive, third and four run pickup, and a set, and then later on a huge check-in down pass to AJ Brown for another huge first down, which went for twenty two yards, and then you ended with Devontae, Skinny Batman Smith touchdown, and I want to say Trayvon Diggs, you want to talk about that? You got shut down, boy. You get roasted, and. And with that, I want to talk about a little bit more about Jalen Hurts. Apparently, if you looked at how he was like at the um at the other QB ratings that some uh, that teams have played against the Cowboys, Jalen Hurts was number one. He he had the highest QB rating that was the highest allowed by Dallas this this season. Fifteen for twenty-five yard, fifteen for twenty-five, hundred fifty-five yards, two touchdowns, hundred four point six. Not too bad. You could have. Uh, uh, but you know what you did what you needed to do to win the game you know um this this is an indication
0: that the Dallas defense is overrated
1: oh yeah tell me about it and and, and there and there's one thing notice I wanted to talk about there's like one of my biggest key points um when I did my preview of the game was matching the Cowboys' defensive line against this Eagles' offensive line. Yeah, four sacks, we saw that. But most of those, and but there's one specific battle I saw. It was Micah Parsons on how to deal with Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is a generational talent. Stephen A. Smith has called him the, Lawrence Ta- the future version of Lawrence Taylor. He's the next coming. No doubt about that. Did you see him do Jack... Against the against this Eagles offensive line in the first half, when Lane Johnson was stuffing you, you had you tried to attack ten times, but you got shut out. And there was one play I thought this was like the great. I thought this was like really really hilarious. Um. Oh man, so there's this one. I think there was like one, and I think the Eagles have shown a blueprint on how you can beat Micah Parsons. They forced Michael Parsons to to go to fix with a read option. You can, um, I think there was like a third or a fourth down play in the second quarter, as Hurts is rolling to the right, or or as the play is beginning. Parsons, uh, I mean Lane Johnson lets Parsons go by purposely, and then in the middle of it, AJ Brown is a has a wide open path. If you do, you remember seeing that play, like, and Hurts what he does, he says okay. He fakes the handoff, throws it over him to A.J. Brown, and Parsons has to chase him. They kept on confusing him the entire game until the second half. And that's, and then when I found that Leighton that Johnson um, had a concussion, um, left the game with a concussion, Jack Disco had to come in, Dallas defense came in with more pressures, and Cooper Rush... Boy, you want to talk about rush hour, rough, rough season, and I'm talking to you Mr. Pom, Pom Michael Irvin and you Keyshawn Johnson and you Jeff Saturday and you Mike Greenberg. All you fake analysts supporting the Cowboys with all this and you talk about figure like Yeah, you could Yeah, I'm gonna call CDC to quarantine y'all for sure. And and you know what? Cooper Rush got rushed through and, and he was entering with 3 with, with like zero picks. You want to know how many? Not one, not two, but three. three, din, wow. trois. Um, yeah, cat minus un, trois.
0: It's 5 minus 1. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It no. was 4 minus 1. No, no. no. Yeah, it's 4 yeah, minus 1. one. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Uh no, I'm just no, I'm just getting started. <laughs> like Kevin Harlan when he's saying like I'm calling both games. I'm calling that. And you want to talk about all that Cooper Rush hype? You can you can take all this rush hype for not throwing a trip. You can find this empty box, put all of that hype in, chuck it into the nearest garbage can and and or to the nearest trash dumpster that is cowboy stadium and you and those three picks i got to give it to Darius slay and gardner and Chauncey gardner johnson my god and not only that i want to give i want i mean biggest one was james Bradbury. why did the giants let him go this offseason i will never know but he's going to be getting big money he had and and him and Slade combined only allowed three catches for twelve targets, thirty-one yards, one interception, four pass breakups. This is why the Eagles have the number one secondary or like the number one pass defense. Like they're number one in and this is according to PFF. They're number one in EPA allowed per pass for per play, negative .183. Opponents have a 31.8 passer rating when targeting Darius Lee. They're number five in team coverage grade, 74.7. But then, again, but when I talked about how um, how the Eagles tend to like do so well in the second quarter, but then slip up in the third, like as in like you go back to sleep, like the tortoise in the hare. That's exactly what the Cowboys saw. I was I was like third three twenty to three set third quarter. We see a lot more pressure now with Driscoll coming in. I mean, Driscoll he held up he held up his own, but then again, this this you got to give credit to this Cowboys p- um p- um defense. They came back alive, and what did they do? They started with running the ball, and I have a big gripe to talk about this. There's there's one major weakness I see about this Eagles defense. When you're when you're um when the Eagles are facing up against the run. They do they do usually want to rotate to a five man set. When we talk about five man set, you bring in usually you have your edge rushers and you have your two nose tackles. A third adding an extra guy is your five man is basically your a five man set. Correct? Like,
0: am I right? Four
1: plus one. Yeah. Yeah, and basically, um, Jordan Davis, um, the rookie from Georgia, has been very good against the run, but then again. there's my issue. Teams are exactly going to know. They're going to easily know and anticipate when that five-man front will come in because if you're putting in Jordan Davis into a five-man set, you can run, you can run, and he's very dominant against the run. What they can do is they can run around. they uh, They can attack the edges or they can pass. If Jordan Davis is not in the game, you run straight to the middle and give credit to Kellen Moore. They were able to make that adjustment when they saw that Davis was not on the field. Oh, let's see, let's attack with the run. Let's keep on attacking and attacking, attacking. And you had Ezekiel Elliott and um, Tony Pollard, not some bad. And of course, they came back alive with like what, with a total of 134 rushing yards all would combine with with Zeke Zeke for 81, Pollard for 44. I mean, of like most of the run game was shut down, but that third quarter. I'll give it to them. Zeke with a touchdown, and of course Jake Ferguson, rookie. And then, and during that touchdown play, that touchdown, the, the the second touchdown drive for the Cowboys, there was a flag for illegal block in the back that should have been called. Why did the referees like pick up that flag? Why? And of course, there's another play was I want to talk about in the second quarter. Ceedee Lamb is short, third and inches. It was clearly a first down, but why did Mike McCarthy not challenge it?
0: There's a reason why we uh, left Mike uh, Mike McCarthy and chose Matt LaFleur. It's because of scenarios like this, okay? If you're a good coach, if you're an average coach, you know that you have to challenge that. But in-game scenario
1: and situations, that's not his forte. Yep. Not your Forte like Matt Forte. That um that Matt Forte is a former running back of the Chicago Bears. He was a really good player. Gotta give credit for that. Those that remember back in the old days, you're old as me. Congratulations on that. But uh, but but like when all hope is lost, when I said at the very beginning, in the fourth quarter, Eagles know when they recognize a problem, you go on to the long Onto that long kind of drive. And the funny thing is, in, on that fourth quarter drive, that 13-play, 70, like almost eight-minute drive to cap it off with a Devontae Smith touchdown. Um, one thing I want to say is the Eagles were running the same running play every single time, and the Cowboys actually prepped for that, yet they couldn't do jack against it. And that gives me wonder. So it's like, and the way Jalen Hurts dictated this game you can safely say that this Eagles team beat the Cowboys because of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles defense. Not in spite of, not with, but because of Jalen Hurts, they were able to win. They're able to win games. And, and of course, it wasn't like mistake friendly. I mean, special teams. You're allowing Kevontae Turpin to return for 68 yards, and, luck, and we got lucky with a field goal there. Come on, man. Come on. And another weakness that was shown is that the Eagles are like Jalen Hurts is very susceptible against the Blitz. And that has been seen against Jacksonville, Arizona, and Dallas. So I want to see some improvements on that. But, and, and, and another, and, and we also notice this Cowboys team. Which I thought they would have like all the right pieces, but when they let Amari Cooper and some of those uh, like those key pieces go, they're not a team that can come back from a lead. I mean Cooper Rush, like if you let Cooper Rush play mistake-free football, and and now that with Dak Prescott coming back from injury, I mean hopefully as a I mean Dak Prescott as a player, I hope you do well. But as a Cowboy, I I wish you nothing but the worst. Um. Because you're I mean you're 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 like anti-Eagles. That's all I'm gonna say. But I would have to say um with that the Cowboys are not a team that can come back from a lead. That's what was clearly shown with Cooper Rush and 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 with penalties. Eagles two times they they were only flagged twice for ten yards. Cowboys 10, 10 times for seventy-two yards. And now this is a part where I like to do a special call out. and I want to call out to all of you Cowboys fans thinking like, "Oh, we're gonna win this game with Cooper Rush and Rush. We trust." I'm calling you guys out, like Michael, Mr. Pom Pom, Irvin, Keyshawn Johnson. You are a who is a traitor who actually won a ring with the Bucks, just like Stephen A. said. And yeah, maybe you had a small state with the Cowboys, but you didn't do jack when you had Vinny Testaverde, when you had Quincy Carter as your back, as your key. Q- beast give me a freaking break and mike greenberg i used to respect you when you had mike and mike in the morning but now when you're talking get up and and when you're now when you're to get up sitting out with staying with your chest saying jack prescott's gonna lead is gonna lead the cowboys to like an nfc championship and to a super bowl are you freaking kidding me they got their they, they're gonna like even if prescott came back in you don't know if he's gonna be 100 if he's gonna be playing at 100 percent. they ran into a freaking brick wall called the philadelphia eagles rj ochoa a, a, Blocking the voice. I mean, I like you when you're you when you, with with NFC East, but still, I smell homerism right there. Marcus Spears, Mr. Swag Goo, talking all that hope. Man, I was I was really really hoping when I saw. Well, I mean, when I saw you, you and Michael Irvin saying, "Huh, we're actually happy." And now with Dak is back and we're gonna win. It's like, "Oh my God, you must be so delusional." I don't know if you have Patron, Drone, and other types of things, but man it is freaking crazy and scooter Mr. Cloudboy scooter Magruder you want to talk about that thing yeah they you ain't doing Jack Cow, Eagles beat you Cowboys shut up and Jasmine Montgomery my old co-worker back in the days in acom yeah you said the better team won and, and you and you were saying like oh Cowboys are gonna win it you want to talk about it? And Quentin Winston, I love you, my man. Um, thank you for teaching me breakdancing. But, hey, Eagles won, Cowboys lost. Abhi Shake, our friend from music class. <laughs> um, shout out to him. I want to give a special shout-out to all of you Cowboys fans. And I have a special rendition. I only composed two versions of it. Cry, cowboys, cry on the road to agony. Fail, rush, fail. Get picked off, one, two, one, two, three. You just lost, Except take the L. So you can watch our eagles fly, <laughs> fly, eagles fly. On the road to victory, E-A-T-L-E-S, eagles. And for Dallas, I hope you have a nice day. Take the L, you're not gonna win the Super Bowl. Hell, you may not even win a freaking playoff game as with that. Fly Eagles fly. I have no words. I have no words. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I feel so pumped right now. I, th-
0: I don't need to explain this anymore. <laughs> this is this is great. <laughs> um, all righty, on to the next game. Bengals versus Saints. I'll keep it short. Um, You know, Bengals knew or the Bengals know how to fight back. What a victory. I mean, seriously, it was a comeback victory of the ages for for the Bengals. You know, uh, let's see if we look at the so at one point they were down uh, 23 to 14. Okay, so it's a two score difference. And what did the Bengals do? The next three drives. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Okay, this is what you're supposed to do. When you're down, you get back up and you fight. And so that's what the Bengals did. And more importantly, for Bengals, this is what happens when you protect Joe Burrow. He can throw bombs, okay, especially that 60-yarder play that was beautifully thrown to the outside where Jamar Chase was free, and then Jamar Chase did Jamar Chase things and then just evaded the entirety of the Saints secondary <laughs> for that 60-yard touchdown. But, you know, he his stat line was fantastic. 28 of 37 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that is quintessential Joe Burrow, and that only happens because the Bengals allowed one sack for seven yards against that Saints D-line. So, you know... There is that. Now, the Saints defense is overrated. I think they are. They ever since they lost Marcus Williams in the secondary, they lost uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson, they're just overrated. Here's Rakshak.
1: And um and I, but the thing is like I actually have to say like when Marshawn Lattimore when we look at their injury report and we see that Marshawn Lattimore was not in the game, you probably know that hey, you got some rookie uh, we, you have like rookie cornerbacks you can or like not so average um cornerbacks that you go up against and this is a term that i've learned it's called who the weak players that you can pair up against they're called pigeons and the biggest pigeon was that was that cornerback facing off against jamar chase or or like against that elite Bengals receiving core i mean you can't expect honey badger tyron matthew and marcus may slash daniel sorensen to do every single thing but anyway The better team won in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow still reminds New Orleans who is home, who who, I mean who who's still their owner. And remember, the Eagles still have the Saints' first round pick. So thank you, Saints. Keep on tanking to Tank Bowl victory. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) All righty, on to Rakshak's game: Bills versus Chiefs.
1: And with that. I wanna I I'm I'm probably gonna be called a Benedict Arnold pretty soon in Kansas for like any cheese guys and Texas Tech guys because my boy shout out to my boy Pat Mahomes from Texas Tech, Rackham Tech, all, as always. Bill's Mafia, stand up <laughs> Bill's Mafia, what a freaking win. Twenty-four to twenty. And this was like a, a game Tony Romo actually called at the very beginning of his podcast. It's like, I don't know, you may call it 24-20 and One thing we all have to know Chiefs without Tyreek Hill is a huge difference. And you're seeing that playmate, and you have to see like other teams, like depend upon, like you have to see the Chiefs and Mahomes depending upon other people to play to be that specific deep bomb threat or like the number one wide receiver. And you know what? We see one person emerging. It's Mr. Corvette Corvette himself, Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, you, he is going, he had like five receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown. Definitely is very complimentary to Travis Kelsey. And Miko Hardman averaged three, three, um, three receptions, 42 yards, one touchdown. And we saw an emergence of Sky Moore. He's, he's apparently taking a lot more reps than Miko Hardman um, for, uh, on some parts. But you know what? It's good. They you're, you're if you if as long as you build a complementary offense and build more with that run game it definitely helps but then again I said the reason why the Bills were going to win because, is because they have a better defense and the best defense stepped up. Josh Allen didn't have such an okay game. I mean 27 for 40, 329 passing yards, three touchdowns, one sack. You know, it wasn't that much, it wasn't a good game. It's like, he like he came alive and from the second quarter to the fourth second it's like and 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 i think like this bill's defense with von miller von miller he i think he is that missing piece that the bills were looking for this and like when they've had so many heartbreaking losses von miller was that cheat code they took him from the rams and the last three if you look at the last three drives by the chiefs which results in a punt, a punt, and 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 I'll get to this part later. He sa- He tackles Mahomes for a punt, short of a first down. He sacks him again on the second dri- on that second to last drive to force another punt, and forces the game winning interception. He pushes. He's like pushing like Mahomes towards his right, and then and then they get the interception. But man, I want to talk about Josh Allen. He like. The biggest liability for the Chiefs is that secondary because they have like a b- lot of rookies. I did not see Trent McDuffie in the field at all.
0: He was injured.
1: He was injured. Yeah, he was injured. But if you like having McDuffie on the field gives you some kind of, um, some kind of like leverage on that. And you're seeing guys like Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis feasting. It's like they had Thanksgiving early. Like Thanksgiving was a really early like Stefan Diggs 10 receptions 148 yards one touchdown Gabe Davis 3 for 74 one and one touchdown and my god um Josh and if I had to give an MVP out it would have to be with the Bills defense and Josh Allen because they they did what they needed to do they targeted those weak receiver I mean they targeted they targeted um, th- those weak corners and and i mean like and and the thi- and of course with steve spagnolo um he'll definitely he loves to bring bl- blitz packages but you got to let your um your line that that um chiefs line generate pressures and um, with that they were the they were able to take advantage uh, um the bills were, the, the bills were able to take advantage they won they won the game 24-20 and I and guess what? This is a big stake because the Bills technically have the number 1 spot in the AFC. And the AFC runs through Bills through through the Bills mafia headquarters. Get ready for some tables y'all. And as I like to quote, the Dudley Boys, a favorite wrestling tag team, D- Bubba Ray Dudley slaps Devon, Devon! Get the tables! <laughs> yeah, I mean, this game was
0: such a fun game to watch. I mean, it was just... This is what you expect from a from two playoff contending teams, two Super Bowl contending teams. And, you know, there's a reason why Rakshak had said at the beginning of the season in his beat the dull moment that the Bills... We're going to be in the AFC Championship because I think there is... Okay, as, as little of a competition there is in the NFC, there is more competition for the Bills in the AFC, that's for sure, as we just saw in this game. But I just think, like he mentioned, Von Miller takes the Bills over the edge in terms of just pure talent, but also just game-winning ability. And so because of that, I also think... That the Bills are gonna go to the Super Bowl this year because I don't see the Ravens competing against them unless they were able to unless they're able to fix their defense, which I'll get to later. Uh, I don't see that the Chiefs can compete as we just saw, but it's going to be very difficult. Um, Bengals, they're there. I'll give them that.
1: Anybody else in the AFC that can compete with the Bills? Um. May I? I have one surprising one. If the Dolphins are very competent and Tua comes back from injury, but 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 I think the Dolphins will be an asterisk at the moment because I'm going to be keeping an eye on Tua's health. That's all I'm going to be doing. And maybe the Jets. No. 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 no, the, no maybe i said maybe they'll try and they'll try and make some noise but they're not going to make they're not going to be one of the 7 yeah um they they they're,
0: they're a wild card team that's for sure um but yeah i don't, I don't think they'll they'll compete with the bills we'll see but i think the dolphins are a close contender obviously because they did beat them um so you do have that now that concludes our recap well our games of the week segment That we had just recapped. Um, Now, on to the punch minute recap.
1: Punch, punch, punch. You know what time it is? It's punch time. It's punch time. I just made that up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Only on NFL Masala. All right. First game, Patriots versus Browns. I mean, this was just uh, clobbering for the Patriots. The Browns. No reason why they, they they shouldn't have won this game. Patriots are an easy, beatable team, but, you know, the Patriots just showed up. Jags versus Colts. The Colts are finally awake. Matt Ryan is who we all thought he could be. Throws for 58 times. That's because Johnson, Jonathan Taylor isn't there to run with the football. And Jaguars, not looking good in the past couple of games. Next game, Vikings versus Dolphins. Why did Dalvin Cook have to be good? You know, could Dolphins, you had one job: stop Dalvin Cook. Okay, Kirk Cousins was gonna wasn't gonna do anything, so your job had to be stop Dalvin Cook, and they didn't. So that's why they lost. Bucks versus
1: Steelers. <laughs> How about them, Buccaneers? <laughs> oh, you know what bails them out? It's that high-end talent, and I have to say this to Tom Brady. How does it feel losing to Mitch Trubisky?
0: <laughs> yeah, and did you see did you see that uh his uh, he was just yelling at his O-line? Now obviously if Tom Brady yells at his players that's perfectly fine, but you know, if Aaron Rodgers was to do that then the whole world goes gaga. But um yeah. So, I'm so happy Tom Brady lost to the Steelers at that point. It's is fantastic. Now, the next one, Broncos versus Chargers. Oh, boy. Another snooze fest. I mean, you had Russell Wilson did. <laughs> Are you awake, Rakshak? Uh, wait. Oh, oh. Broncos country, let's sleep. <laughs> there you go. Couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> Broncos country, let's sleep. Now, that's the end of my punch minute segment. Rakshak
1: and and to think that they almost and the chargers almost like charged their game (laughs) that's what's even crazy (laughs) and in fact it went to overtime overtime. of all things like what's wrong with you all right um commanders versus bears i really feel sorry for the thursday night cast like it was so bad al michaels I mean, Kirk, Her- Kirk Herbstreet with some of his horrible picks on Saturday, on Saturday college game days, I think he deserves Thursday nights, but Al Michaels is a legend, save the man, and with him saying on national television that the commander should, like, let go of, of um Dan Schneider, You got some big cojones on you, I like it, and, um... And you know, and also I want to give a special shout out to Brian Robinson coming back from a, from a horrific gunshot um, gun, gun, um, gunshot from like trying to, to stop a car from his own car from getting jacked. Um, and returning and winning a touch and scoring a touchdown. I, I, I love stories like that. 49ers and of course commanders who win 127 against the Bears. Justin Fields, question Mark, are you really the one or fire whoever's the coach there? Um, 49ers versus Falcons. Yep. The 49ers' injuries finally caught up, and the Falcons didn't blow a lead. They were leading 14-0. 49ers did come back 14-14, but then the Falcons build it up. It's like, haha, we don't need to lose 23 this time. And Marcus Mariota had a mistake-free game. Falcons, Falcons capitalized. Ravens versus Giants. I did not see the, the Giants going 5-1 this year. I did not see that. But when you look at the game a little bit more, it was it, it, I always say this: Lamar Jackson is a great player, but he is a liability. He can be a liability too. You cannot play hero ball against a team that's literally got like nothing to lose, and like the Giants are playing with like freaking house money. And Daniel Jones just well won against the Ravens. I honestly think like some team is gonna go show up and, and, and send them back to reality. Um but anyway, Gi- Giants win 24-20. Panthers versus Rams, 10-24. This is the last game we saw Christian McCaffrey as a Panther. He is now officially with the he's now officially with the 49ers. Rams yeah. Hey, congratulations! You beat a mediocre team. Can you do it against top five te- against like top ranked teams? Hell, can you pull it off against the Philadelphia Eagles? I think not. And, and, and um and um of course yeah. Allen Robbins got a touchdown. Congratulations! Couldn't you do that earlier in the season? And resign OBJ if you need to. I mean, Stan Kroenke's got a lot of money. After all, oh, he owns like Colorado, like the the Avalanche, maybe the Rockies. He owns Arsenal FC, and I need to see why my team ha- ha- had a draw against freaking Southampton. Oh, all of all things, that's another rant. But and and I also and, the, and the interestingly with the Cardinals, oh no, with the Panthers and Rams, Robbie Anderson got benched. You know why? Because he got traded, and Steve Wilkes sent him off into the locker room. And I don't know. I have mixed feelings. And finally, last but not least, Cardinals versus the Seahawks, aka the Sea Chickens. See, I think the Chickens are like evolving into the Seahawks, especially with that run game. Kenneth Walker is the best pickup so far. And if I want to pull up his stats, and I really want to give, I want to really, I want to, if I had a game ball award, I would give it to the to Seattle Seahawks, Kenneth Walker, for this game. 21 rushes, 97 yards, one touchdown. Hey, not too bad. Geno Smith, 20 for 31, 197, got sacked five times. Build the old lineup and Tariq Woolen, rookie, rookie cornerback from, I believe, the University of Texas at San Antonio, my old alma mater before um I transferred to Texas Tech. Yep, Peckham Road Runners. <laughs> nah, I, I won't say that. But my God, he had he had a game and and I believe he um he had. Five tackles, one um. One second, I, I want to look at the breakdown of Turicollin with, with um Turicollin because I actually have a bone to pick with him. With all due respect, I mean, five five solo tackles, one pass deflection, and one fumble recovery, and I believe he had like one interception. Yeah, one one fumble recovery, and I believe he had like what one interception, in that game, but. How did he get to be NFC Defensive Player of the Game? It should have been Chauncey Gardner Johnson because he and that snaps an Eagles streak of five consec of like six consecutive um of like of, of, of yeah NFC Player Awards. But then again, we'll see, uh, we'll see. And you know, Jalen Smith does good. Kyler Murray, he's a question mark. That's all I can say. And Cliff Kingsbury. What are you doing, my man? All
0: righty. So that concludes the punch minute segment. Um, and now for the masala moment of the week. Mine has got to be Josh Allen hurtling over that <laughs> Kansas City defensive back for th- on, on the game-winning drive for a first down. It was like 154 left in the fourth quarter. I think it was, like, second and 10 or something. Um, Yeah, so it was first and 10, okay? And they're at the Kansas City uh, 28-yard line, and Josh Allen runs a QB, not draw, but a a QB play, an outside run QB play, and he just runs with his offensive lineman up, the sideline hurdles over the Kansas City defensive back, and then he uh, gets that first down. I mean, that was just all Josh Allen. That was the Masala moment of the week because that basically gave the that, – that just enhanced the momentum for the Bills, and that just allowed them to score again and get that lead and then get that dub. So Josh Allen gets my Masala moment of the
1: week award. Rakshak? I think nothing can trump... I mean, what has Josh Allen done? He has a... He stiff-armed a guy into the shadow realm uh, with the ran, against the Rams. He leaps over a guy. What next? Is he going to pull in Mahomes magic. He's going to... Tra- oh, my God. He's going to truck
0: someone. He's
1: going to... Oh, you know what? I have a beat-the-doll moment. Josh Allen will truck someone, and that's going to happen pretty soon. But... I have something better. I have a Garam Masala moment. There was one play between the Chargers and Broncos. It was a fourth quarter. I believe like it's the third or the fourth quarter. Justin Herbert throws a pass. It's an interception. But then, as I um I don't know if, if like the, what the who the name of the defender was, but as he's coming back, he fumbles the ball. <laughs> And it because and if you had the Benny Hill theme yakety sack, that if you you know what I'm thinking you know what I'm talking about that theme, right? Apparently they recover it, and it was like it was the only thing that was exciting from that game. It was so bad. Like honestly. And I that's my masala moment of the week. My garam masala. There you go. Personally, I would think
0: that the Josh Allen would be a a more garam masala, but I don't know. Yeah. All (laughs) righty. So on to the preview for week six, starting with the Packers versus Commies. If we lose to the Commies, then we don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That's all I'm going to say. You know, we can pick up the pace, But we can't have another scenario where Aaron Jones just gets like nine carries the entire game. So if you're the Packers, run the dang football, please, for the love of God, run the football. I do not want a scenario where Aaron Jones doesn't get that many carries. And it's just a terrible, terrible loss again. So, please, run the football. Um, next ne- next thing, okay? The defense has to be changed to stop the run. Especially against the commies without Carson Wentz. You know, their lead comrade is going to be Ta- uh, Taylor Heineke. So, this has to be a run-focused defense. You crowd the line of scrimmage. I don't care if you play five D linemen every single first and second down with Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, and T.J. Slayton or um, Devontae Wyatt, but I want our D linemen indicted for murder of commies, please.
1: <laughs> I. You know what? I'm gonna say this. I think they may eagle. They may have. They may. Um, no, unfortunately, Carson Wentz is not playing that game. So I was about to say if they can equal that nine sack game the Eagles had against um, again um against the Commanders that time, then um. I, I, I mean then I would have said something else. But other than that, I, I would be very surprised if they don't pull it off.
0: Alrighty, so. So um, yeah, that's 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 typically what. Um, so that's, that's what I wanted to talk about in terms of the Packers versus commanders. Unfortunately, I'm predicting that we lose 20 to 13. And that's because I have no faith. Now, I hope I'm proven wrong. Please prove me wrong. I will gladly accept my, um, I'll gladly eat my words if if we are proven wrong. Please prove me wrong. Now on to Zakshak.
1: All right, the big apparently the biggest opponent opponent um, for the Eagles is. Um, let me look at the schedule. Oh wait, we have a bye week. Psych! <laughs> you thought wrong. We have a bye week, so Eagles. The only thing I want you to do, rest up and heal up because we got the Steelers coming in next. I don't want to, I don't, um, as an Eagles fan, um, I like right now, they're really, they're pretty much in cloud nine. After all, Flyers are doing pretty good. The Philadelphia Union soccer team is like, I think they're like number one in their Eastern Conference. Um, Then you have the Philadelphia Phillies about to win the NLCS against the San Diego Padres. So I think we're about to see, um, yeah I think we may uh, we may have to see like some flag poles uh, the the, the poles being greased <laughs> like last time and um and with that I would also I mean of course keep an eye on on the um on the Steelers and I would like to see some improvements done done during the bye week, especially with um how to score points in the third quarter and stopping against that run. I, I mean and score scoring points. Uh, In the third quarter, stopping against the run and um, special teams. Those are my three things. That's pretty much it. All righty.
0: So now on to Browns versus Ravens. This game is all about, uh, is, is, is going to be all about how does Lamar bounce back from the loss versus the Giants? You know, we don't want to make generalizations. But in big moments, Lamar has been highly variable in terms of his success. You know, one or two times he's made great plays. All right. We, we've seen that. Uh, he, but half the other times he has opportunities to win. But like um, Rakshak mentioned, he tries to play, he tries to do too much and plays hero ball and loses. And that's exactly what happened versus the Giants. So he needs to stick to his own game and then. Um, The big thing is he needs to reduce his emotions so that it doesn't hamper his ability to win. And I just think that that is going to be the biggest key this game is. If they're down, I don't want Lamar to be overly emotional. And, you know, obviously you're going to be emotional if you're down. But the problem is he shouldn't take it to his heart. Calm down. Get the dub. Calm down and get the dub. So, yeah. Now, Jacoby Brissett is playing well, especially with the deep ball. He's seventh amongst starting QBs with 50% deep ball accuracy on throws of 15 plus uh, air yards. So, you know, they have, especially that addition with Amari Cooper. Of Amari Cooper. That is a fantastic addition. And uh, I just think that, you know, Jacoby Brissett is playing well in relief of Deshaun Watson. So, we'll see. QB controversy? I don't know. But he's playing pretty well. Now, it's all going to be about rushing. The Browns are fourth in the league in terms of DVOA, in terms of offensive rushing. Okay. But the Ravens have 24th. So, Yeah, the Ravens have 24th in terms of run D. Uh, The Ravens are 24th in terms of rushing defensive DVOA. Now, the reverse side is that Cleveland has a 30th ranked rushing defense in terms of DVOA. And Baltimore has the third highest offensive uh, ranking in terms of DVOA. So... This all comes down to which team can run the football with more advantages, right? So, which king, which team can run the football better? That's what this comes down to. And I predict that it's the Ravens winning because I trust Lamar more. Even with all of his fallacies, I trust Lamar more. They win 28-20 to 20. Rakshak.
1: I would agree the same thing too. But the Raven, but I could also see another uh, that Lamar and the Ravens laying an egg. See what I did there with the bird reference. Um but in the second half, I'm keeping an eye on that and are we still keeping up with that Jacoby Brissett bet? Like if, if the if the Browns make it to the playoffs and and I and if Brissett wins um most improved player of the player of the year, I have to wear a Browns yes. jersey with yes. Jacoby Brissett's yes. name in the back yes. and say Jacoby Brissett is my homeboy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyways, um I could definitely see that. Next is my um my game of the week. D- you're gonna love this. It's a rematch of two great teams Kansas City versus San Francisco. This is a Super Bowl 54 rematch where we did not have to see any Patriots. We saw two great offenses and good defenses do great, have a, one incredible matchup. And, and and with previous games, Niners coming from an embarrassing loss to the, to the Falcons and the Chiefs losing a game. I honestly thought the, the, the Chiefs-Bills game was game of the week for me. Because it was fun to watch, it gave us a preview. I'll say that. I mean, heck, it was better than the Eagles and Cowboys, as far as I'm concerned. Just my take on it. Eagles fans, don't come attacking me. I'm just speaking truth as it is, and the truth shall set me free by God. But but I want to say, but like one thing I really like about this matchup is now. Some people, some players are coming back. Niners are still hurting from injuries on defense, but they're still effective. And Nick Bosa is coming back for this game. So that Niners defense, I believe they're like ranked number one in team DVOA in in terms of defense. Correct? Uh, let's see. No, it's so Buffalo. Oh, San, Oh, oh yeah, with San Francisco, third overall defensive DVOA, which is. Really, really impressive now, uh, but and this, of course, but with the Niners, it's you're, you you is a flip, it's a coin flip with Jimmy Garoppolo because he can be he can he can be really good, and then sometimes he can lay an egg. He's very inconsistency because Jimmy Garoppolo is very limited to what he can do, but now. When I meant when I talked about the Christian McCaffrey trade, it can help spark this offense because now teams like the Chiefs, they are going to have to deal with the likes of George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jeff Wilson, Kyle Yuschek, a running Jimmy Garoppolo, and even Christian McCaffrey, and this makes and you're what you do is all and and the best part. Debo Samuel can go back to playing wide receiver so he doesn't need to play more gadget receivers and he can be paid that big money that he's been wanting all the time. And and when you're making the running game the core of the season, going against that Chiefs defense which is ranked number four in rushing yards allowed and six in rushing touchdowns, Niners offense, they're 14th in the NFL in scoring touchdowns on 58.8% trips in the red zone. They're really bad in the red zone. And I've heard that with Christian McCaffrey coming in, they may use him on a red zone package. So congratulations. You've already told the Chiefs what you're gonna be doing. But but I mean, the thing is I could see a lot of play action being mixed in the with this type of Niners defense. Kyle Shanahan's gonna have a lot of fun playing playing with um, using Christian McCaffrey. But keep an eye on the injuries. And the best part, Trent I believe um, Trent Williams is coming back from injury for for the for the Niners' offensive line, so that's really going to help out against this Chiefs' um, defense. For the Chiefs, the last two games, did you know that their defense allowed a total of two hundred eighty yards of rushing? You gotta stop the run, and luckily they have some reinforcements back. Willie Gay, linebacker, is coming back from a from a four game suspension, I believe, and he is very good with the plug, with with the plug with um with plugging gaps and sealing any run quarters so it it would be very so it's one good tough mat tough battle to watch out for and if you want to talk about the chiefs wide receivers making some big plays i mean you can listen to the you can you can pause the podcast go back to what we previously talked about with the chiefs um bills recap especially with juju smith emerging juju smith schuster emerging as a wide receiver number one and with that yak and, and being the Yak man, yards after catch, should be helpful in case the Niners de- defense is going to be forcing Mahomes to play hero ball or throw quickly. Another thing, Sky Moore, that draft pick, is looking pretty good. He's receiving the same—he received the same targets as Miko Hartman, and he has the ability to win in the line, uh, like to win off in the line, which will be very, very super—will uh, be very critical because recent reports is that Charverius Ward is questionable with a groin injury and— Tala who Hufunga, the safety, the Tongan American safety, dude. That guy is so much fun to watch. He's the second coming of Troy Polamalu, and he um, apparently he suffered a concussion in practice. Hopefully, you get better, and he's and he is questionable. But Nick Bosa coming back for this game, I would I would imagine the Chiefs running more, g- getting more into that offense, and and of course they'll have Travis Kelsey, they have Juju, they're getting. They're trying to adjust with life without um, Tyreek Hill. And another thing, you got to generate the pass rush other than blitzing. And I know Steve Spagnola comes from the same Jim Johnson, the late Eagles defensive coordinator, um, God rest his soul. Um, like, but you got to generate the pass rush with your defensive line because against the blitz, Jimmy Garoppolo is averaging 8.8 yards per attempt and he has four touchdowns meaning that he is very, very good against the Blitz. So I would say you have to build up with your... It starts with the defensive line. You have to build that pass rush. I want to see George Karloftis go after Jimmy Garoppolo and tackle properly, my God. You don't... Okay, if I one-hand tackle, if I one-arm tackle, what do you think the guy will do? Will he break away? Exactly.
0: I mean, you can't just... It's not two hand touch it's, it's not flag fundam-
1: football it's fundamentals remember it my god i know you're rookies but fundamentals is key to succeeding that's all i got to say and with this being with that being said it's going to be a very close game but i think the chiefs will be wanting to chiefs and the niners are definitely going to bring a pull a, pull a banger of a match but i am going to go with Reckham Tech, Kansas City Chiefs, and Pat Mahomes, they win a close game. It is going to be 27-24 to 24 Chiefs.
0: I agree with you. It's going to be like that Super Bowl yet again. And uh, I agree with you as well that the Chiefs are going to win. Please win, Chiefs. I don't want a scenario where 49ers are. They have the momentum. I, I don't want that. So Chiefs win. And that concludes our preview of Week Seven. That ac- actually concludes our episode for today. So, if you guys liked it, then uh, oh my god! Okay. If you guys liked it, please leave us a review at one of the four platforms that we host this podcast on: Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pocket Casts, or send us an email at nfomasala at gmail.com, spelled as n-f-l-m-a-s-a-l-a at gmail.com. And we're going to hit you with our signature outro. Go, pack, go.
1: And fly, Eagles, fly 6-0, baby. All righty. Take care, everyone.